Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to our Romans Bible study here on a wonderful and beautiful Thursday morning in Queen City, Texas. In my office, I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson. Glad to be with you. Hope you get your Bibles, follow along with us as there is nothing more precious than learning the Word of God. And when I say learning, I mean hearing and applying. For without the application, the process of learning is broken. So we hear and then we do. James said if we're only hearers of the word and not doers of the word, notice he doesn't mention the devil. He says we deceive our own selves. So as we hear the word of God, and that's what happens in Bible studies and church services, we hear the word of God, then we leave, and that then comes the time for the end of the process of learning. We apply we believe to the point of experience. That is what happens when faith is real. Think about it. Faith comes by hearing, but when hearing is proper, works take place. If proper faith is taking place, then proper works are taking place again. And this morning I'm really excited to begin chapter 12 of the book of Romans, this great letter to the church in Rome and you and me even on this day. And uh, probably, uh, possibly the most wonderful book in the Bible is, is the book of Romans for the apostle Paul was given the great revelation of Jesus Christ and him crucified and how that pertains to our daily living, not just how we get saved and how we enter into Christ and are on our way to heaven, but how we learn to live in such a way that pleases God where sin no longer dominates our lives. I did not speak of sinless perfection. The Bible doesn't either until Jesus comes for us. But the book of Romans teaches us how to live in victory. And I believe that the true Christian, unless they've just forsaken the faith, wants to know how to live in victory. Now, a lot of Christians today are hearing the message of the cross once again, and they're opting out. Uh, and I've been told, and I believe it to be true, that no child of God who is trusting in anything other than the cross of Christ and believes that that is working is going to come back to the cross. And by the way, whatever we're trusting in outside of the very death of Jesus at Calvary, God is not working in it. God's not working through it. Grace comes only through our faith in what Jesus did by faith and the grace of God tasting death for all humanity. You need, you need to very well understand that. God doesn't give us grace because of what we go do. God gives us grace because what we're believing. And then God in us and through us takes over and does what gets done. Romans chapter 12, this is part one here on the 18th day of June 2020. Paul writes to this church in Rome and to you and me, and he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now, this verse, it wouldn't surprise me if we stayed right here in this verse for two, three Maybe four sessions, I don't know. This verse has so much in it. And that's what happens when you become obedient to God and you become a student 
of the Word of God. And your desire is that He fill you with His Spirit daily, fill you with His Word, and fill you with His desires. That's what we really should pray every day and all the other things as well. But God, fill me with Your Spirit, fill me with Your Word, and fill me with the desires that can only come from you to serve you and to be that vessel through which your spirit flows through and your word is is spoken through and and lived out through and we should pray that we should believe God for that but there's so much in verse 1 and we're going to begin to cover some of that today Paul says I beseech you I urge you I beg of you therefore and let me just say this because uh, you know, a teacher is going to teach you things uh, that they see in the Word that you need to know as well. And one of those things <clears throat> I'm seeing here and I've learned in the past is that when you see the word therefore, you need to go back and see what was just previously being talked about because when he says, I beseech you therefore, means I, I'm urging you because of this whatever was just said. So we roll back, we go back to chapter 11, and we see in verse 32, because he's telling us in chapter 12, I beseech you therefore, brethren, that by the mercies of God you do these things. He lists. You present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, and we'll get into all that. But, but he says, I beseech you Therefore, brethren, what for? So we look back in, ver in chapter 11, in verse 32, he says, For God has concluded, and that means confined, them all, Jew and Gentiles, what he's referring to, in unbelief, that he might have mercy upon all. See, all men are born into this life disobedient, without God, dead in their sin, separated from God, no way back to God except through faith in the Redeemer, His Son, the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, that He sent to forgive us through Him and to be delivered from our sins through Him. Listen, and we'll, we'll get into this later. To be holy to God in Him to be acceptable to God in and through Christ, only through Christ. We, we need to get that. So God planned it this way. All humanity would fall into sin. That God might be merciful upon all. That God might show His... Here's where the word mercy comes in. That God might show how compassionate He is to save the world, those who would believe upon him anyway, to save those who hated him, to save those who had rejected him, but now would believe upon him. Listen, when God gave his son, he didn't give him for, for good people. He gave him for sinners, sick, the unrighteous, the lost, which was the whole of humanity. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Not everybody. As a matter of fact, most will never choose Jesus. Most will never even want to know the one true God. Most will choose a, a fake God, a, a, a God that's only derived of satanic powers in the hearts of evil men. Most will never come to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's one reason you and I can shout and rejoice, hallelujah, every single day because God has come and revealed himself to us. And when he did, we believed upon him. 
And I need to say something about this morning. Every person on the planet is depraved. We are born in sin, as I said, separated from God, no way to God except that one narrow way. His name is Jesus, and that way of Jesus is what he did at the cross. The way of Jesus is the cross. What makes Jesus your way, your life, and your truth is the work he carried out at Calvary, nothing else, nothing else. And we need to always remember that. So in verse 32 of chapter 11, he says, For God has concluded them all in unbelief. And that means he's confined them all to disobedience. As long as we're rejecting Christ and what he did at Calvary, we are walking in disobedience and we are at enmity with God. Even if I am a child of God, already been born again, believed in Christ, trusted in him, and what he did at the cross for my sins, I've been accepted by God, justified by God, made righteous by God. All that in Christ, in my position, in Christ at the right hand of the Father, but my daily life might not be justified. The fruit of my life may not be. I'm justified. Just as you read about Peter in Galatians chapter 2 when he jumped in a big boat of hypocrisy. When he allowed fear to move him, he became a hypocrite for a season there. Doesn't mean Peter wasn't justified before God. It means now Peter's actions, the fruit of Peter's life, was not justified by God. Because not only did we have to initially believe in Christ to be declared righteous and made the servants of righteousness, Romans chapter 6, verses 6, 6, 17 and 18, and 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21. Listen, not only do we have to believe in the death, the work of Christ at Calvary to be made righteous, declared righteous by God, but we have to, we have to maintain our faith there and there alone so that our fruit can be that of righteousness because without that, we may be accepted, but God's not accepting what's going on in our lives. Think about that. And you and I as born again, saved children, can walk as disobedient children. And we have when we trusted in anything other than the work of Christ at Calvary for anything, anything, we were walking as disobedient. We were trusting in something other. We said, yes, I believe in the cross, but we also, and that, but we also, whatever that is we're trusting in, is a statement to God, the cross is not enough. And preachers cannot say that enough. Preachers cannot say that enough. So then, he, he, because God has declared us all, uh, confined us all to a place of disobedience, but only because of unbelief. And we're all born in unbelief. We're all born in sin. Sin is unbelief. So that God could be compassionate, merciful to all. Amen. Just remember that. So in chapter 12 of Romans verse 1, Paul says, I beseech you because of that, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. And I, I used to believe that Paul was saying, and it's, the, and it's the way you read this. Watch this. I used to believe this. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. And I believe it's okay to believe that what Paul was doing, he was even doing by the mercy of God, more so the grace of God, because God had showed himself 
compassionate and merciful to Paul. But I believe more so the meaning here is this, the read this way. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Accept what God wants to do. Show himself merciful to you which is only through the blood of Jesus. And I've got to talk about that for a minute. In the Old Covenant, and I think we talked about this in the last session, God had Israel, His people, uh, build a tabernacle. And inside that tabernacle, it was, was different stages. And before you got to the holy place, you had to bring a sacrifice. There was an altar where the blood, uh, the animals had to be killed. And then the, 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 the high priest had to bring that blood in to the Holy of Holies once a year, one day a year, and put that blood on that mercy seat, that mercy seat that was above the Ark of the Covenant, inside which held the manna, uh, uh, the rod of Aaron, and, and the tablets of law that were broken. Think about that. The law, the tablets of law, the, the manna, and Aaron's rod, they all three represent uh, things that men uh, have rebelled against God wanting to give us. And I'm not going to get into all that. Go and study that out for yourself. See what was in the Ark of the Covenant and see that, that those three things is what God offered men. We rejected it in our pride and rebellion. So then the only way God can get through to us and the only way we can get through to God is that one way through His mercy and that blood being shed being poured out on that mercy seat. I call it the mercy seat of grace so that God could be gracious to us. He had to be compassionate toward us and He does all that through the blood. Hallelujah. Woo! And all that was in the Old Testament that pointed to the New Testament that Jesus says is in His blood. Glory to God. So Jesus comes and what He did at Calvary becomes that the fulfillment of God's mercy to the whole world. And it's only by the mercies of God that we, through what Jesus did, it's not through something else. The mercies of God only flow through the cross. That's what the old covenant blood on the mercy seat was all about, represented, was symbolic, a type of what Jesus would one day come and do. Even under the old covenant, when they were doing these things God had them do, and when they died, they couldn't even go to heaven. They could only go to paradise because God was never pleased with the blood of bulls and goats, of animals. Hebrews tells us that. But when Jesus came and he shed his blood, he laid his life down through a humble, obedient, sinless life, hallelujah, taking all of our sin upon Him, God was pleased with that and His mercy is to everybody to such a degree that Jesus was even able to go into paradise and lead those that had been captive there out. Hallelujah. That's in Ephesians chapter 4. If you're a student of the Word, you want to read that. So, when we see this, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. It's only through faith in the cross this can take place. That we can daily present our bodies as a living sacrifice. We can present the way we live to God as a sacrifice that is alive. And we are, because when we go back and we study Romans chapter 6, we see that we're, we were immersed into the death of Jesus. Oh, this is so important that you know this.
And this is so simple that to, to, to hear this and to read it in the Bible. And, and a child can get this. And the reason Christians say, I'm, I'm, I'm really not getting this, is because we've heard, we've been stuffed with so much faults. But listen, you can hear that still small voice telling you, if you're a Christian, that it's all about Jesus and what Jesus did at Calvary and what He will do today by His Spirit in, for, to, and through you if you keep your faith in Him, meaning in what He did for you at Calvary. Romans chapter 6 just blatantly in our face tells us in, in verse 3 that we, we were baptized into the death of Jesus. That's where we were placed in Him at the cross. That's why Paul could say in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. And Paul didn't say I was. He says I am because Paul had this revelation and the Lord wants you to get it that daily... Paul didn't say I was. He said I am crucified with Christ. Hallelujah. That means he was daily presenting his body as a sacrifice that was alive. Faith in the cross of Christ is the only way to present your body a living sacrifice because you were in Christ when He was being sacrificed for your sins. Christ was crucified for us, represented us to such a degree as the last Adam that your faith in Him allows God to see you on the day Christ was crucified, not just that day, but from before the foundation of the world, that you were crucified with Him. That's what Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 tells us. Romans chapter 6 tells us that also in verses 6 and 7 that the old man, the sinner, was crucified with Christ, buried with him. That when Christ came up out of the grave, guess who was in him? Guess who was already in him? When Jesus went to paradise to, to lead captivity captive unto himself, to deliver them from that holding place, you and I were already in Him because we were crucified with Him. I want you to know that today. It's the only object of faith God has given humanity that He will honor that He will reward. Every other thing is just man-made, won't help, God won't honor it, it's not legitimate. We can have a form, but it can be without the power that the Bible says is the preaching of the cross. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies. This is the way you live, the way you present yourself daily to wherever you are. You're presenting your body, your life, your behavior, all that is about you as a sacrifice that is alive. Hallelujah. Because Christ died for you, you died with Him, you were buried with Him, and now you live in newness of life with Him. Hallelujah. By by the faith that He manifested Calvary for you in dying. That's the life that we now live in Galatians 2.20. The life I now live, Paul said, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Hallelujah! That's shouting grounds. Hallelujah! You've you got to get this. 
You've got to get this because there is no other way for you and I, anybody on the planet, to present themselves, their bodies, a living sacrifice. That doesn't mean we torture ourselves. Jesus was tortured for us. That doesn't mean we go out and cause ourselves to suffer as the, as the, as the, 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 the satanic Catholic mess is that they whip themselves and sleep on wooden floors and they think they can cause the suffering and their, their, their works are causing them to suffer and to be pleasing to God. No, Christ suffered for us. And any suffering God is going to honor is the suffering that's for His namesake, for the glory of the gospel. Hallelujah. Somebody said amen. <coughs> Not any suffering that I self-inflict <coughs> on myself. <coughs> Excuse me. God's not, God doesn't honor me drinking tea without sugar, sleeping on a hard wooden floor without a pillow. God doesn't honor me loading my buggy up at Walmart <coughs> and then saying, well, I'm going to put this back. I'm just going to deny myself. No, that, that's, uh-uh. That don't work. Our faith has to be in what Christ did for us at Calvary. There is the only suffering God honors. If my, listen, most of what's being called Christian persecution in the world today, a lot of it anyway, is by folk who are praying to Mary, trusting in Mary, believing in Mary, not Christ, and they're persecuted. Let me tell you something about persecution. Cults persecute cults. The lost persecute the lost. A Christian is somebody who's trusted in and trusting in Jesus Christ and what he did at Calvary. That's a Christian. Most of what's being persecuted and called Christian today is Catholicism who wear beads, uh, uh, pray to Mary, uh, have one prayer, oh, Mother, uh, Mother, Holy Mary, Mother of God, and all those things, prayers of repetition. Jesus said, don't be like them. You got it? Don't be like them. He not only said that, he said, point them out, mark them. That's why I'm not ashamed to point out false things. False things. Because we're not going to be able to present our bodies a living sacrifice with the fruit of holiness is the next word. Holy. Lest you go, listen, lest you go back and read chapter 6 of this great book of Romans. And you see that holiness is exclusively the fruit of righteousness. Righteousness is exclusively the fruit of your faith in Jesus Christ and Him crucified. You may be a child of God today. You may have been saved for 40 years. But if your faith today is in anything, the government of 12, the purpose-driven, the three steps some book told you to do, if your faith is in your fasting, is your, if your faith is in your giving, your prayers, your faith is in anything other than the work, the righteous work of Christ at Calvary, it's not the Holy Spirit who's flowing through you because grace only comes through the cross the Holy Spirit is, in, is titled in Hebrews chapter 10 as the Spirit of Grace. And the Spirit of Grace, the Spirit of Truth, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit is God and God only works in the truth within the perimeters of what Christ, who He is and what He did at Calvary. For that is the truth. Amen. So the only way that we can have the experience Listen, if you're a Christian, if you've trusted, 
Christ, you've trusted in what he did at Calvary for the atonement, the forgiveness of your sins, you are righteous and holy in God's eyes in Christ. I'm talking about your daily lives. That's what the Bible here is talking about. Presenting ourselves. Presenting ourselves daily. The life I now live. Go back to Galatians 2.20. I live. I live. Here, I present myself. I am on show here by God or by my flesh. If, if I'm on show and God has me on show, it's going to be by mercy and by grace because I'm still trusting in the work of Christ did that Christ did for me at Calvary. And again, I can't say it enough. It's not we get saved and then we move the object of our faith to something else. When we do that, we're telling God the cross is not enough for me to daily present myself, my body unto you, a sacrifice alive. Hallelujah. Now, we need to understand this. I'm not going to move past it too fast. Christ died for me. My faith in Him, truly my faith, believing with my heart unto that righteous work, I'm crucified with Him. You get that? And now I can live with Him. But just because I've believed upon Christ, I've been saved from the guilt and the shame of my past sins does not mean that I'm just automatically walking in victory. 99.9% of the church today does not know how to live for God victoriously. To prove it, go ask for the test. Just go ask somebody who you know that's in church all the time, faithful to a church. Ask them, how do I live for God? And they'll begin to tell you all the things. You Read your Bible, go to church, pray, give, fast, all these things. Be a witness and you ask them, no, 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 not what do I do. How do I find the power to do all those things? And they will still tell you what you have to do. Rarely, very rarely will you be pointed by anyone, even preachers today, to simply trust in the work of Christ at Calvary. Never move away from the cross with your faith. Rarely will you hear that. Rarely will you hear it. But oh, how desperately we as a born-again, spirit-filled church need to hear this. The only way we can experience, not be, because if we're Christians, we already are righteous and holy. But the only way that we can walk with our experience as acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service, and that is going to be a powerful Powerful study when we get to that part of this first verse in and of itself. But the only way we can experience holiness and be acceptable unto God is through faith exclusively in the one and the work the one did, Jesus Christ, did for us at Calvary. The problem we have as a church is thinking that was then, this is now. No, that is for now. God says in Hebrews 4 and 3 that the works were finished from the foundation of the world. The lamb was slain from before the foundation of the world. You and I were chosen in him, in the lamb, Ephesians 1, 4, from the foundation of the world. But yet everything had to be carried out. But in the plan, strategic, 
blueprint of God, it was already a done deal. Now, it had to be carried out. And you and I, even though for us the cross is in the past now, it hadn't changed one thing. God hadn't changed and given us a new object of faith. The object of faith we have to live this life. Look, to present ourselves to God holy and acceptable daily is by presenting our bodies a sacrifice unto Him that is alive from the dead. That points to Calvary, a living sacrifice, a sacrifice that is now alive. Jesus is our sacrifice. And we're in Him and we present ourselves to God daily as that living sacrifice through that faith that is alive. Hallelujah. The only faith that works is the faith that saved you initially. Come back to that faith and live and watch the power of God flow in your life, through your life. You can have all these thoughts about all these things, but until you actually come back to the cross, the work of Christ at Calvary with your heart, nothing's going to change. And you and I are called, as we'll see in this very chapter, to be being changed. The only way it happens is by the power of the Holy Spirit who only works in and through one's faith in what brought about our righteous and holy standing to experience the righteous and holy fruit Christ. I hope you've been blessed by this 30-minute session today. Watch every Monday and Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. And I promise you, you will begin to learn the truth of God's Word. His name is Jesus. He said the volume of the book is written about Him in Psalms 40 verse 7, Hebrews 10 verse 7, Luke 24, 44 through 46. Jesus said the law, the prophets, and the Psalms, they're concerning Him. John 5 and 39, He said the scriptures are about me. So let's get back to learning the truth, which is the person and the work of Jesus Christ in every jot and tittle of God's Word, for He is the living Word, and He wants to live in and through you. I love you. That's why I share these uh, messages with you, and I pray that you'll begin to tune in more often. I pray that you will share these. Just post the YouTube channel on your social media page if you're not ashamed of the gospel, and help us get the truth out to a lost world in a backslidden church. Pray for us. So to the ministry at thecrosswaychurch.com. You can text on your smartphone to 903-231-5950. Again, God bless you. I love you. And until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. God bless you. See you later.